Welcome to the His Light and Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. Welcome back to His Light and Life. As we continue on talking about the mind of Adam, I want to give a particular focus. Um, I've touched on it here and there, but I want to give a particular focus to what is term- what I've termed um, the animation. And that simply put, human beings, well, not, not human beings, all things, are expressions, or by expressions, they're animations. And <clears throat> I know when, when you say the word animated, you think of, you know, a comic or something like that, but it's really just, um, I mean, like, you know, inanimate versus animate. People are animate objects. They're not a chair. A chair is inanimate, and people are animate. And um, every single person that you meet is an animation. And I've touched as well on the trafficking, that people traffic they traffic both in what they desire. Maybe they'll use persuasive techniques or psychology or just flat out deception to get what they want from another person. And then there's those who have certain gifts, giftings or whatever, and, and they use them, they exploit them. They know that they will, you know, trigger, trigger lust or covetousness or, you know, the desire to spend some money and, you know, home renovation can be something. Marketing, basically. We market products and companies and we market ourselves. And what we do is we market our particular animation. We seek out animations and others that uh, are desirous to us and we also animate. Now, there's there's two there's two challenges in that. And one challenge I want to touch on, first of all, I want to, I want to talk about here. It says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now for the flesh lusteth, this is, um, reading in Galatians five, five, uh, five, 16, Galatians five, 16. Uh, this I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, uh, so that ye cannot do the things which you would. But if you be led by the Spirit, you are no longer under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. And when I see the word manifest there, uh, that's what I'm referring to as far as animate. They're animated. The uh, The works of the flesh are animated, which are these. Adultery fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, jealousies, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of these I tell you uh, before, as I have told you in the times past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that's not, uh, I'm not chasing that. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such things there is no law. And that they which are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, 
let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Okay, so you see here Paul makes a clear distinction between the works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit. And he's saying that the two are contrary and the two are at war, that they they lust against each other. They fight against each other. There's this inner conflict that is in the believer. Now, this inner conflict never goes away. It never. There's never a time when you're set free from that in this earth. That's the resistance that we've spoken about in times past, about you need the resistance um, of the flesh or the, the animations of Adam in order to have, to walk in the spirit and the, and, and the animations of the spirit, the animations of Christ to be the manifested son of God. And there's a, there's a huge, huge conflict between those two. And that conflict never goes away. And the believer, as the believer matures, actually, um, the believer revels in it, rejoices in it. They realize that this is actually the, the vehicle that is causing growth, that is helping me move from faith to faith and height to height. Okay. Now I want to read another portion of scripture and we're going to find that in Romans. And this is, um, it's connected to the two, but you can see where, see, we, we, as I find, we think of the, um, we think of walking in the spirit is, as in, um, that that's the goal, right? So, like, let me put it another way. When we're in heaven, we won't be walking in the Spirit, right? These these verses that we just read in Galatians, they have to do with this life. They have to do with, we'll be sealed onto righteousness. So, like the angels that are in heaven today, the elect angels that were kept from falling, they, uh, they don't walk in the Spirit. They're sealed onto righteousness. We are not yet sealed unto righteousness. Therefore, we walk in the Spirit. We need that assistance because though we're not what was intended. So the original animation that God had for man is not capable. We're not capable of it. In this realm, in this body, with the presence of Adam still in us, with this mind, will, and emotions of Adam, at the same time, we have the mind of Christ and we have the newborn spirit within us. In this time right here, we need the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit's power and assistance completely to, in order to accomplish that. It's not possible for us. The presence of the deception of the demonic realm, the law of sin and death, which is pulling everything towards evil and actually resisting your efforts to walk in truth, to walk in the things that you desire, as Paul talks about in Romans 7, and the actual desires of the flesh, having the mind, will, and emotions of Adam, it's impossible for us to overcome that. It's impossible. It would be impossible for us to walk in the spirit, for us to be pleasing unto unto the Lord now, in the body which He owns. It would be impossible, because all you would have, the only tool you would have, would be willpower. And as we've clearly demonstrated, and as anyone who's ever tried knows. Willpower is simply not enough. It is not enough. Now, it's important that when we we move back, we walking by talking about walking in the spirit, you're st- you still have to understand that we that does not 
uh, entail, or that does not accomplish what God originally intended for us. So Adam doesn't fall in the garden. He wouldn't be walking in the spirit. He would have moved into higher areas of life. He would have grown in the spirit. He would have gone through the way, the truth, and the life, and ultimately eaten from the tree of, tree of life. And he would have been sealed onto righteousness. Okay? Having failed that, we get to these verses here in Romans. And it talks about um, that, uh, let's see. Wherefore God, I'm in Romans, uh, where am I? Romans one twenty three, actually Romans one twenty two. professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the in, uncorruptible God into an image made of, in the like and unto corruptible man and the birds and the four-footed beasts and creepy things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Um, so when you, when you um, look at the, these verses here, it talks about there was a moment in time where obviously that Adam was going to progress through, as I said, the way, the truth, and the life, having fallen God gave them up. It talks about God gave them up. And then it shows you the areas of their own lusts that man pursued. And that there is a pursuit as a result of the mind of Adam. So at the mind of Adam, and it resulted in all of the different animations that we see. You have to see that when every, every single person you talk to, this is when I talked to early on, I said it's a practical truth. This is a very practical truth. Because every single person that you encounter in your day-to-day, what you're looking at is a manifestation or an animation of Adam. Now, the believer, having to, uh, you know, called to stay in this world, I pray not that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them. Now, that, that, that provision that's for us, we need to be able to make a discernment, and we need to make an understanding. Now, a lot of people get hung up in this and trying to understand it, every single person that they encounter. You don't have to. All I do is look at the individual and realize that I'm not dealing with a person. It's interesting. We see a person as in, and, and there's, there's traits or characteristics or it could be a million different things about that person that we like or we don't like. We make this valued adjustment, this value assessment. But in reality, and I'm going to say this cautiously, <laughs> be taken, taken out of the, con- the context I'm saying it in, in reality, um, if you move out of the value-centered position of A, looking at the other person and asking yourself what they can provide for you, you don't do that because the provision that we have comes from God. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, okay? So looking at the person and saying, what does this person have that I can value, draw to myself, use for myself, whether that be their skills, whether that be their mind, their ability, uh, some connection they have as far as, you know, getting farming equipment. It could be a million different things. 
And Adam is always going to seek in a lustful way that which he can draw to himself from that person, from that situation. So there'll be, there'll be questions. I had a very, very awkward situation the other day. <laughs> a person came up to me. At, 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 <laughs> I hadn't seen them in ages. And uh, they actually came over to my place of employment kind of looking for me. And, you know, it was just, hey, how you doing? You know, oh, great, you, yeah. And uh, it was probably a good 10 minutes into the conversation when they brought up something, an old connection I had from a long time ago. And it was like almost like a wow, you know, you're standing there and you're just going to wow. This whole this whole thing has been a charade. I mean, sure, you're a friend and I know he's glad to see me. And it's, there's not, I'm not saying that his intentions were 100 um, percent, you know, wrong. He was simply using that that friendship that we had, using that relationship that we had that existed and had come over and ultimately to seek something that he needed for himself. And it's a really, really, oh, I don't know. It's a, it's, but that's what Adam does. That's what Adam does. It's just another, I remember coming home and I was talking to my wife about it and we were going over some things because that's how he, that's how Adam is. That's all you can count on him to do. And at the same time, you have people <clears throat> that are always projecting what they know of themselves. I mean, it could be, you know, we all know the examples. It could be somebody with, uh, you know, a, a very expensive car. It could be somebody that, uh, you know, they're, they're a motorcycle. It's their pride and joy or their boat or whatever. And they're, or their car, you know, they just sort of tie it all together as sort of this projection of themselves. It could be somebody who's extremely physically fit or it could be somebody who's, you know, attractive or whatever, just using that which they have to project and to, to animate and to use it as a, as, as a value. And it's ultimately to pull value back to themselves, whether it be in the form of attention or whether it be in the form of favors or whatever the case, but that's always going to be, it's a transaction thing that's going to take place. Now, when you're back to the practicality, when you're dealing with people, like you have to ask yourself, as a child of God, you very much like a stranger. I had this value, or this this made clear to me years and years ago when I was traveling abroad, and um, you know, you know, <laughs> I was places where you couldn't speak the language. I didn't know what anybody was saying. Couldn't read a sign. Couldn't. And it was almost like as you're trying to muddle and work your way through that, nobody around you, you couldn't, you couldn't project onto anybody anything and they couldn't, you couldn't seek value from them for yourself because you didn't know anybody. You didn't know anything there. You couldn't even speak the language. How could you ever, it was like, you know, being at the, being at the foot of the Tower of Babel, right? I, it, was an, it was an amazing experience in other ways, but the transaction part of it didn't exist, I don't look, I look back at it now and all the different places we went in different countries. And there's very few interactions with people at all that, re, that I remember with any real distinction because it was so, it was all so there was a disconnect. There was a huge disconnect. And in that case, the, the disconnect was brought about by the language barrier. The believer should feel a, con, a continuous disconnect from the unsaved person. 
Now, that doesn't mean that we're not hospitable. The verse that I was reading earlier in Galatians, it continues on about how we should interact and behave with the non-believer. But at the same time, there should be in you a clear disconnect, meaning there's no one that you're going to encounter in your day-to-day life that has anything that you should be valuing. It doesn't mean that you don't interact, and it doesn't mean that you don't transact and do your job. If you're in a workplace or something, and you let's say you're, you, you travel around, it doesn't mean that you don't present your product, pre- present your what you demonstrate or what you stand for and transact in everyday business. doesn't mean that. We have to fill our gas tanks up with fuel just like everyone else. We have to put groceries in our cupboards just like everybody else. I'm not saying that we're these these weird sort of, you know, people that just kind of try to walk through this mystifying world. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that we should be, if anything, more engaged, more present, more aware as far as it comes to our business aspects of it. But in the personal interaction, you shouldn't see anybody on a personal level that offers you anything. The Father, our Father in heaven gives us all things that we need. We are like when I was traveling abroad years ago, we are travelers here. We're strangers here. There's nothing here in the course of our interactions that's going to come with us. I like what Watchman Nee said. He said, the only thing we take into to the next, only thing we take to heaven is our revelations from God. Everything else stays here. What you take there is what you relearned and revealed in walking in the spirit here. And that, then when you realize that, then you shouldn't project. Now you can understand. I mean, it's a simple example, and I don't mean to harp on it. It's just an easy one. Is that's what Paul's talking about for women that they should be modest, that they should wear modest clothing, that they should not because we're old prudes, not because Christianity is is boring or prude, but because it's simply it's simply what you would. What would you be trying to entice in anyone else? I mean, you look around today in just a typical day, typical world today, and it's it's you know somebody driving around in a very very expensive car, or somebody who has, you know, they're they're constantly projecting the idea of wealth or whatever the case is. Well, your boat's not going to come with you. Your boat is a is, it's an inanimate object. What they'd use is inanimate props to produce an animate, animated response from other people. It's a huge sort of Madison Avenue marketing hype. And, and the believer can stay free from that. That isn't going to go away. I don't mean to imply that Adam is going to stop being Adam. Adam is going to, Adam is going to do everything to maximize his potential. That's what he's about. Everything that he can leverage, everything that he could, that he can, that he can use to, to impress other people or to elicit a response from other people that puts them in a higher valued light. It's probably a good way to say that. And, but if you're, if you recognize that, if you recognize that it's almost, it's almost like, um, and I don't, uh, it's not something I've done intentionally, but I see it all the time where they they kind of look at you kind of strange because you don't respond to that. They can tell that, quote, their marketing campaign isn't working on you. Like there, there couldn't be anything that I would be less impressed by than a car. Like there's just like, I mean, I've never, I, I, I just, it's not my thing. 
So to me, if somebody pulls up in a, in a, in a 15 year old car or a 15 minute car, a car that was made 15 minutes, it means nothing to me. Couldn't tell you years. Couldn't, I can tell you some models and makes, but I couldn't tell you a year. I don't care. It's not an interesting thing to me, but it's so, and it's interesting if you see someone and they, you know, you're somewhere and they pull up in it and there you can see, you just, cause I'm an observer, you just look and you watch and you're like, they're looking for some kind of, you know, visual, uh, eye acknowledgement or something like that. And they don't get it. And, and not that it's not that you consciously don't get it. It's not even, I'm not even aware of it. It's the moment when I look and I realize they're looking at you that way. It's not, you know, not that that was a, that was a desired response from them. It certainly was not, but you see that and it, and it, you become like a, like that's you become a peculiar people. You're like a strange person. And that's who we are. We're strangers here. We're strangers in this land. The physical body that I'm in, I don't even own it. So I, other, other people's opinions of me when they look at me or whatever, um, I don't, I don't see the connection and the person that you're looking at, they don't own their body. God owns that body. So you're actually, as I've said, interacting with God. So it doesn't matter in that interaction if they're in a car, if that that body's in a car, or if that body's in a plane or on a boat or any of the situations. It doesn't matter if that person has on expensive clothing or inexpensive clothing. It doesn't matter if that person is, you know, what the world deems attractive or unattractive. Those all those things are 